0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: Hi. I'm Ray. I'm Alex Reed. And
3: welcome, welcome back to another
2: episode of... Welcome back to another episode of Mostly Lit. How are you doing, Alex? Alright,
3: alright, alright, alright. Alright, alright, alright. Doing good. Yeah. Welcome back to another week, guys. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and listening, sharing, and all sorts. Um, Yeah. But make sure that you're subscribing and telling your friends and telling your friends to tell a friend and telling your mum you're telling your dad, telling your brothers, your sisters, your your cousins, your aunties, your uncles. Back home. And everybody that has ears. (laughs) So please, 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 please do keep sharing.
2: Absolutely, we have an amazing guest today. Um, I'm so excited to have her on because she has
3: an amazing name,
2: of course, she does. It's an amazing
3: name, <laughs> it's a name of like royalty, the name of the great. It's a regal strength that we have up in this room today, right? Yes, it's we Olympian. Oh, it's Olympian. Oh, because I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, right? <laughs> I'm gonna, we're gonna tell you why we did all this today, anyway. But, Winnie, anyway, welcome, Alexandra Shepherd.
2: Thank you. I'm what? so excited to be here. I'm such a fan We Sorry, have a celebrity in our mess. Oh my
3: gosh, I'm not worthy. Okay, oh but how are you, though
2: I'm good. I'm so so excited to be with you guys. I've listened to every episode for the last two years. So oh super God. happy to be here. Oh, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our mess. Yeah,
3: <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm still surprised people listen. I, I just yeah. sit I sit in my room and just like wow. Why would you? Why would you? <laughs> why would you <laughs> listen? Although sometimes
2: I do feel like we have jokes and I just to like in the last episode and i was like laughing oh yeah like you're like you know when you look look back and you're like yeah. wow that was stupid yeah, yeah. and it <laughs> feels like i've been like i listened mostly late on a monday night when i'm cooking my dinner yeah and mm. i'm just talking to my phone interspersed with you guys and yeah. <laughs> i agree with you when i don't agree with you <laughs> so it feels kind of surreal to be looking at your faces so now you're gonna be oh. here and telling us
3: when when, yeah. you, when ray's talking about yeah. yeah now, now you, you can
2: <laughs> actually just tell me that ray because i know you agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <sighs> literally Alex Squared. Today. Yeah, Alex Squared. Alex Squared today. All
3: right, so let's get into the show. Um we're gonna get on to Alexandra's amazing book in the main part of the show. But we are you know, I oh think, my god Oh my god. See you keep See doing this. You and these you're in these puns. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so mostly news. Um what's
2: up? tell us what's going on around the world.
3: Okay, so a bit of sad news. Um mm-hmm. the amazing Angela passed away this week yeah. um after battling cancer at the age of 62. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know who Andrea Levy is, walk into Waterstones or whatever bookstore and pick up and just go find her in the fiction section. Yeah, um, She writes amazing stories about the Windrush generation, about the Caribbean. Um, how do you guys feel about her passing? It was a real shock, wasn't it?
2: It was a real shock. And I think for me, um, I read Small Island when I was very young.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think it came out 2004 and I think I read it maybe like like around that time as well maybe like I don't know a year or two afterwards and and that was like the first sort of um rhetoric that I read concerning the black Caribbean experience yeah same for me as yeah well. it was the first time and it was such a new thing and I always remember how when is it Hortense the yeah. main yeah. character yeah. Hortense. Hortense when she went To like an interview or something, and she walks into a cupboard, and it was in, some... in, anger. in anger. And she walks into a cupboard, and at the end, you know, he, he, she goes outside and she meets Gilbert outside, and they sit down. And then he's like, You he walked into a cupboard. One of those uh, defining yeah. moments. And it was that moment where like they shared this bond and this laughter, like, mm. oh God, like look at all these things that we have to go through yeah. just so we can survive. And it was such a beautiful moment that broke the ice between them. Mm. And I always remember that all yeah. the time. And I think, I mean, yeah, That was, was my amazing. first kind
3: of interaction with the book. Um it was the actual the BBC adaptation. Mm. The adaptation. Um and that was an amazing. That's that's what made me pick up the book right. after because I was I like, I haven't watched it yet, but I think I'm it. due
2: a reread of Small Island. Yeah. Yeah. I read it when I was a teenager, yeah. Yeah. and it was the first time I'd read anything about the Windrush experience yeah. mm. or seen it written down. Like mm. I'd heard the stories from my grandparents and my uncles and aunties, but never read it in print or yeah. in literary fiction. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: so I mean, and she has amazing other novels. Yeah, like the Long Song. Yeah, again, the BBC adapted again. Yeah. Uh, my friend was in that actually. Really? Yes, yeah, shout She's out so to Tamara. Who was the lead. Um, but it was great. It was really great. And, you know, it's really sad when you lose somebody who's actually created quite a body of work. Especially over, so young. 62 yeah, is no end yeah, at all. Yeah. 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 She started writing properly at 30. I know. When talk. I
2: read that, I was like, oh, my God. Like, she started quite late. Yeah. In Not late, but now we look at it and it's like we have writers well, like early in their 20s. It's tomorrow. Mm. I know. <laughs> I know. But I look at it. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, we think we haven't achieved so much mm. when we're 20. But... People are writing at thirty, and you know, writing their magnum opuses and yeah. such amazing yeah. stuff. So, yeah, it, yeah, it's really sad. Uh, anyway, but I think her work will definitely live on, and yeah. so she and her, her and her family can definitely be very yeah. proud of that. Definitely
3: been like, obviously, given the current context of what's happening in the UK now mm. and across the world, um, I'm, I'm imagining it will be a, a staple text for a lot of schools. Absolutely, I would hope yeah. so. Yeah. So rest in peace, Andrea. All right, um, the rest of the world is oh a mess. God. Oh um, God! So Katy Perry, Katy Perry announced, um, gave an apology for her her, her blunder with um, with her shoes that she a blunder. I would say I'll give it. I'll say a blunder. Um, so she decided that she was going to make this shoe that looked um, very much like a gollywog or a sambo mm-hmm. so basically so she had a, um there were two shoes There's one with like a beige background with big red lips and big eyes and then there was one with a pitch black background with big red lips yeah. and black eyes and that's kind of mirrored against what happened with Gucci and Gucci's kind of yeah. um, problem that, that jumper they had. that, that, they, jumper that yeah. they had and you know Gucci d- issued an apology and they, they issued an apology and they're going to make a lot of different changes in diversity wise but you know how often how long do we have to keep seeing these things pop up and just for it someone is, like no one in the editorial yeah. room is sitting there thinking guys um no but they this could are be in a in bad the idea. editorial
2: room and they are saying let's do this because it is a bad idea people will talk publicity will be there i'm not sure i agree really having been in the room i've heard a few friends who say that and having been in the room of companies who have made blunders yeah uh, especially with regards to race they are shitting themselves when it happens it strikes fear in the heart of every pr and marketing Mm. manager and head of branding i've been in companies talking about um you know the h&m thing with the monkey jumper that happened a while ago they didn't catch that well i wasn't in h&m but i was with another client i was working with again a big retailer and they talk about it in hushed tones like can you imagine if this happened this would be so awful so i don't think it's being done deliberately i do think however maybe the media storms around it is very much deliberate because they know now it's going to get clicks Mm -hmm. but what are pr like as in this isn't the first time this has happened the reason why i say that there is it's very sinister because it's not the first time it's happened these events have like and it's the same picture the same rhetoric so i'm thinking what are you doing in your job that you don't understand what is happening in the media so that you are very much aware that your product isn't going to incite any sort of uproar outside. Mm -hmm. As in how socially insensitive or inept do you have to be? I think that's that's the word, it's socially inept. I think you are surrounded by people in your white bubble and nothing really penetrates that. Mm. So you don't think anything about, you don't think golly or when you see a pair of black shoes with red lips on them. And that's really awful. The fact Mm. that, you know, there aren't enough people in the room, or enough people empowered in the room to say something. Mm. Maybe there are other people there saying something or thinking something. They're just not speaking up mm. or uh, being listened to. Yeah, I, don't yeah, know. I, I, I always I, think I, of the worst case scenario. Um, and I'm always like, these heifers. They really they did it. No, I, just think <laughs> I, I think, it's a,
3: I think it, literally. I think it's just as simple as they just don't have people in the room who had those lived experiences and and to sit down and say, guys, this is a bad idea. Let's not do this. Yeah. It will cause a it will cause a storm. And yeah, so Gucci's kind Katie of made. Perry though. Yeah, Katy. Like she's been around black men. What did you? <laughs> what expect? Like, but, anyway. but, 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 uh, but what did you expect? Like sometimes I think to myself, like, all right, there's a lot of these people with their brands, and are they in the room? Not necessarily. Do they just sign mm. off? Do they just sign off? Like these little things, yeah. Well, a yeah. yeah. for her so they put it out now, and then obviously she sees her name's attached to it. They see all these things, and then yeah. she takes it down and does all these little like iOS press releases. and It's very long, I just can't be asked. <laughs> with It
2: was like, So are we now canceling Gucci? Now, in my head, I'm like, I ain't canceling Gucci. No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what
3: I mean? If you can't cancel, cancel, cancel everything, man. But like, you, you won't be, we wouldn't exist anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what's going on there. Letitia Wright won E.E. Rising Star, the BAFTA E.E. Rising Star, and, like, she's amazing. She had an amazing long speech about how she almost gave up, and it was just the strength of her faith and the people around her that kind of brought her into doing the job that she decided to do. And I think so many people, like, so many professionals, so many creatives, like, resonated with that. Because it's like if you con- continuing to push, yeah. even when it's the hardest thing, and you don't see any re- rewards or results from it. Yeah. And to um for her, I was just like, but then again, like I looked at the 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 um the group of nominees in there, and I was like, I only know two of these people. I think <laughs> I, it was the Keith, um, what's his name, Keith, LaKeith LaKeith, yeah, Keith Stanfield oh, yeah. was in there, and then there were two other people. But I don't um, know who they were. She, she <laughs> so was, was like, like shaking. You could tell that she really she was,
1: appreciated like, yeah. the
2: award. Um, you like, she was like literally shaking, mm. and and then she did like little videos that she posted up to show how thankful she is. I think she's such a lovely spirit. Like they was it? People are calling her like the 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 uk disney princess that we need the and, uk yeah. disney princess and why, she, would, I just, she's just why are so... people so
3: quick to just attach these labels to people man just, just all leave right let's turn on label let's leave her. Uh, but yeah, she's <laughs> she's, she's... her she actually lives Leticia in a Wright. block
2: um, like in a nice place where one of my friends lives oh,
1: okay.
2: and um i have many a time asked her if i can go around and just walk walk around the area just so the sort of chance a, of like, so you're even, a real stalker for real. Maybe just like seeing her, like, and then I could just be like, hi. So
3: you bump into her, make it, make it like an accident. <laughs> no, oh, <whoops>. it's like, <laughs> oh
2: my god, like, you know, about the next, you know, you know, Black Panther two. Who's who's writing for that script? You know, maybe let me talk to Ryan. He gets that. Oh works. please, yeah, don't ask, don't get. You right, don't this is it. What what do I have to lose apart from my pride? <laughs> <laughs> He's um, keep but yeah, pushing. congratulations to Letitia. Um, we expect amazing things to come from you in your future, and keep on doing the good work.
3: Keep on doing the good work. Yeah, good sis. Good you're, doing, sis. you're doing. You're, you're doing. doing amazing, amazing, <laughs> you're doing amazing, sweetie. You're um, doing amazing, sweetie. By any chance, did any of you watch the Grammys this year? I don't watch. Yes. The
2: Grammys. Well, I didn't watch it. Or do you know oh. who? I kind of know who. Oh, Cardi won. Oh,
3: yeah, Cardi won.
2: Amazing. I mean please for Cardi B. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Cardi B. And also
2: her outfits. I watched this video where she went through her whole like outfits Mm -hmm. and um as in like the outfits were incredible. They were like precise. They literally like her first one Mm -hmm. um I I think it's Mugler, I always pronounce it. Oh the flower. Yeah, the flower one. stunning. Stunning. And like the silk that she wore underneath the little tight mesh. They literally did another version to match her skin. And then they realized that, they didn't, that one didn't rework really that one. Well, so they did it. It's so meticulous, flew all the way to Paris, her team, to get like the outfits and the, all of the outfits were like precise. Mm. It was so cool. And her performance was amazing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, her stinky man, who's just always there. <laughs> like Always there. Always, obviously, like, who is I'm he now? Just, I'm like, like, why are you on the who stage? Who is he now? Why
3: are you on the stage? Who
2: is he? He knows it's that he has, to attach, he, knows he has to attach himself to her now, because she's got the limelight. What's his name again? I don't Off- even Offset. remember. Offset, that's it.
3: I was, I was trying to think it was take-off or, his, or offset. With his, offset, his, his
2: offset. baggy trousers. She was posing, looking so fly. And she, on the red carpet, he had, just, he had to be there. And yeah. he was chewing gum on stage. On stage, Sometimes on you gotta chewing pop, you gotta pop that, gum. You
3: gotta pop that gum. I, was, <laughs> like, so, you, you I was
2: so disgusted. You know, just men just love to leech. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, apart from that, no, congratulations like, to Cardi B. Congratulations so she... to the Carters. They weren't there because they don't need to be they're, there they're, t- they're tired of it they're tired they won no um, oh, they weren't there they weren't there I don't, I don't think they attend anymore <laughs> they threw Um, they threw her the, you know, the, the pre- Grammy like Rock Nation brunch um, when Beyonce was all hella shady to loads of people she tried
3: to run away from that blogger I lived <laughs> she was like she just, <laughs> and then
2: there was a part in the video where she was telling Jay would can it, we go somewhere else oh my
3: gosh <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't you just die if you tried to approach Beyonce and she, she tried, tried to run she away she was
2: actually running away <laughs> I would just melt into a puddle and the floor Honestly, like what is my life if so like, away he from did, you because he turned around and he goes oh,
3: like, yeah he, but, he, he, but, he still, but he still
2: pressed ahead yeah, with that he photo He still, no still got the photo Beyonce same. was like no I can't do this she's like but yeah they won like, um the, the urban contemporary album whatever for again is love uh, they're always, love.
3: always why are they always in that
2: because the grammy is <clears throat> let me not Anyway.
3: So yeah anyway they're always in it Ariana Grande didn't turn up did she no but she wore her grammy
2: dress and then she posted a picture of it
3: Thank you. Next, sh- <laughs> shady ass people. All right, okay. Moving on very swiftly. What did you guys think of the new Aladdin trailer? Because um, there were there were mixed reviews across the. Um
2: I'm not really here for these Disney remakes. Mm. I've yet to see one trailer or anything that I'm excited by that I think will rival the original. Mm. And it just annoys me because I think of all the amazing up-and-coming original scripts Mm. that will never see the light of day because Disney would rather bankroll Mm. Aladdin to do it frame frame for frame. Yeah, Yeah, it's just boring. So I didn't have any high expectations. (laughs) Um, I watched a trailer and thought it looked a bit corny Mm. but maybe that's okay for what it is yeah yeah um i liked the first trailer because i thought the music was spectacular Mm. um i thought the music was amazing for the first trailer the second one i think people were like a bit weirded out at a blue will smith and i'm like but what did you expect like did you expect a black genie you know yeah (laughs) good point Um, yeah (laughs) this is it so I don't know. I, I'm I'm okay with it. I want to see what it's like. I, I want to see. I think
3: most people were more frightened of the. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were like they were like they were like um, the people throwing memes after they're like me when I saw the blue <laughs> genie <laughs> after seeing all of these amazing colours. Like, nah. I think it's funny
2: because Will Smith is a type of actor who plays Will Smith in every role. Yeah, so right. it's not like you're looking at a Blue Genie played you're by. You're looking Will at Smith. you're looking at Blue, blue Will Smith. Blue and yeah. That's like kind but of strange. But I looked. I was look, like watching the like. Aladdin and the genie has a few Will Smith traits, so I think that it's a good cast. But he doesn't need to do much, yeah, because it's such a perfect role for him because he's playing himself essentially, yeah. Um But obviously, no one will rival. Is it Robin Williams who did? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. no one could do it. No one could do it like him. And mm-hmm. it wasn't that long ago. It feels yeah. like ninety. Well,
3: I, can... I want to say ninety six. I, th- I want to say ninety four. Ninety four. It's yeah. one of the best films one I saw. Of I saw. Really? Yeah, it's, it's my favorite Disney film. Oh sh-
1: Oh wow! Yeah. I was but we're gonna talk about that a Your bit later. Disney, yeah.
2: Jasmine's my favorite was my favorite Disney princess because she was like the first feminist I ever saw. Let's talk about that. <laughs> let's let's talk about that later because we yeah. might
3: come back to that a bit later. All right. So that's it this week, um, guys. If you've got any suggestions that you want us to talk about, anything that you see, throw us some ideas, something that we might have missed. Um, yeah, let us know.
2: Let us know what is going on around so, the
3: world. Mostly lit this week. First of all, what are we all reading? Oh. Let's start with Alexandra as the guest. No,
2: I'm just saying what my I reading? Oh, yeah. um, (laughs) I'm reading An Orchestra of Minorities by Chigozi Obioma. It's quite a hefty book and it's on hardback, so I can't take it around with me, so I'm getting through it quite slowly. about 60 pages in, but so far, yeah, I love it. Did you guys read The Fisherman? Yeah, I I do. I love The Fisherman. It's like one of my favourites, yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it really... Because we... We did talk about it um, just before Christmas um, and the plot was very thick. Are, is that what you're finding now? It definitely feels like I'm um, 60 pages in and we're still in the setup really? phase. We're not really hitting the meat of the plot, yeah. but it feels like quite epic in its scope. Whereas, okay. um, and also funnier than I expected. Mm. Like The Fisherman was just tragedy from Beginning start to finish. To end. Yeah. This is not tragic yet. Yeah. Um, and there's some strangely funny bits Um mm. I'm really, really enjoying it so far. I think he's incredible. Mm, okay. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I look forward to reading that. I need to get that book.
3: Cool. All right. So I'm reading <laughs> A Man Called Uber by Frederick Black or Backman, not Blackman. Non-fiction. Uh, fiction. Ooh. fiction. 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 Um, yeah, <laughs> it follows a man called Uber <laughs> around his life, and he's like just a grumpy old man yeah. who's like um, who's mm-hmm. lost his wife, and it's about him kind of. It's like an intergenerational, him being an old man, mm-hmm. managing being so like old and encountering younger people at the same time, mm-hmm. as well as dealing with his own grief or with the loss of his mm-hmm. wife. And various um other characters in there. It's, it's so funny.
2: How is he meeting other young people? Does he live with them? neighbors neighbors? Yeah.
3: He's just has he just like has this um he's just irritated by a lot of people all the time. I think it opens with him being in the Apple store trying to get a computer. And he's like <laughs> he's like, he's like he's a young man, uh it's just a computer and they're like it's an iPad and they're like he's like so are you answering my question? Is it a computer or is it an iPad? And then having this like the, the whole chapter is him having this debate with this person. <laughs> Can you touch a keyboard? If it's got a keyboard it must be a computer and then yeah. all these different things. But it's a really, it's a really good book so far. It makes me laugh. Um there are some touching bits in there and it does make me I've hatching this really um these little these epiphanies about like old age, not yeah. aging, but just old age. Mm. And, you know, that the the loneliness that that must come with it. And the kind of the distancing from all of like, from everything around you, because the way that you grew up, the kind of that your life, everything's when you're young, everything around you is yours. And then as you get older, you become more and more distanced away Mm -hmm. from the world that it is in in a weird sense. And he was kind of, um, you know, he doesn't understand the way people like the way young people think, like. Um, he's like somebody came around to ask him if they could if he could fix their radiator and he's like don't you have a husband that can bleed the radiator and they're <laughs> like well no and you know and I think one of the husbands had Alzheimer's or something yeah. and he's like so why can't you teach that boy to bleed the radiator sort of thing and it's just like the things that he would have known growing up and in that kind of yeah. time the things that were expected of him to know and he's trying to move it this time and, and trying to realize that not everybody would have that as a priority yeah. it's him trying to shift that and it makes me think about when i get old are we going to be like yeah like are we going to
2: be in touch in with my day we were time. on twitter <laughs> yeah, we were on twitter what were oh. we <laughs> you guys doing yeah. like, you guys are all doing virtual reality why why why, are you, <laughs> <laughs> why are you time traveling
3: you time traveling
2: god that character sounds like my dad really <laughs> yeah
3: it was just yeah um, but it's a good book so far um, yeah. really really funny nice. um he's hella shady he reminds me of myself and I'm just like I just get (laughs) triggered every time I hear him talk Ray, what are you reading
2: I'm actually finishing up a book that we talked about um, Freshwater when we talked about it oh you finished off Freshwater yeah Yeah. so I'm listening to that on Audible and it's like the first book that like I've actually listened to ever in my life apart from when I was read um, Kensuki's Kingdom when I was like in year six Um, so and I really enjoy it but the ending is just a bit, it's very hard, like, hard. Mm. Because now, like, the main character, Ada, is completely in her marble, completely overtaken by the gods inside of her. And she's a completely different woman. It's almost like she's given in to her calling, in Mm. a way. Um, And it's very frightening, actually. Like, it's, it's, it's very... Before, I, like it's almost horror in a way mm. because you're just like thinking about the voices in your head and what they sometimes tell you mm. and where will you be if you completely give way to them mm. regardless like, of, like, do you know what I mean? And, yeah. it's just, and it's just about how we have so many boundaries and we make boundaries outside, but we also make boundaries within our own minds. Mm. And so it's quite interesting to know that what happens when you fully remove all the boundaries in your own head what voices can come? Who can come into the world? Do you know what I mean? So that's what I'm finishing off. And it's scary. It's It makes my heart thud. I'm just like <laughs> listening to it. And I'm just like, oh, oh God. It's just so vivid. And, and obviously an amazing writer um, to be able to conjure up that thought and that emotion. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> these swear words, yeah, just put me right off. What swear words? Like. The main character will say, oh, fucking this and oh, yeah, fucking yeah. that. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, it's a bit intense. Like, it's so weird because I was walking into it thinking it's going to be like a spiritual book. You know, <laughs> it's going to be like, you know, very old time, mm. very Achebe, you know. Mm, yeah. And then all, all these swears. I'm like, oh, this is very different. And I think it is kind of that combination between old magic and, and modernity that... Mm. Don't really mesh well, <laughs> Yeah. and it's really shown through through the writing. So no. I've heard some incredible yeah. things about this book, but I haven't read it it's, yet. It's it's really good, but prepare to it's triggering though to be triggered. Okay. There's yeah. just things
3: in there that you're like, is Ooh. it my mind or is it the gods inside me? Is it the gods inside what me? What is the marble? It's it's a oh, bit right. wow. and quite bit wild.
2: similar to an orchestra of minorities in that case, and that mm. is narrated by the spirit who is inside of the main character. Mm. Like his she is like an Ebo, mm. uh, yeah. Mm- mm. Mythological tradition yeah. Or spiritual tradition um, So it might be good to Is she Nigerian as well? Yes yeah. uh, not Iba, Half Nigerian half, Nigerian half Sri Lankan Sri Lankan yeah. Oh okay Yeah um, But yeah she, she speaks Is it Ibo? Yeah Yeah She, she has like little And Tamil In, yeah. in life Yeah in, 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 in the book So that is what I'm finishing off. Cute. Cool. Yeah. Let's get cool. into the meat and the crux of the show. So
3: we've got Alexandra Shepherd here coming yes. to talk to us. Thank you for gracing us with your... Thank
2: you. She's released her present. debut YA novel called Oh My God. Oh My God. Following the life of Helen.
3: <laughs> Helen Thomas. Who
2: is half model, half Greek god. Yep.
3: Half lifer. <laughs>
2: Oh, You can't say that. Hey, careful. you can't say you can't that. You that. can't that phrase say that. I know. <laughs> I just throwing the n word. It's, like, <laughs> it's, like, it's
3: like mud blood, isn't it? It's like mud blood. I was like,
2: <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Um,
3: anyway, so Alex, tell us about just tell us about you as a writer first of all like introduce yourself to the people
2: yeah so i'm a writer as of i've always been a writer i suppose but as of Mm. january 2019 i'm an author which is nice to be able to say uh, because someone's paying me for this which is also nice (laughs) great (laughs) um yeah i've always wanted to write ya i've had the idea for this book since i was 20 Mm. Uh, it took me a few years to finally get the my shit together in order to write it (laughs) so i'm very happy that it's come out and I'm working on my next YA book at the Ooh. moment so YA is definitely something I want to stay in yep. YA that's very contemporary very London focused yeah. very domestic more about family and friends mm-hmm. than yeah. fantasy yeah. um that's always what fascinates me and that's yeah. what I want to write about I love the
3: London focus bit because yeah. when you're like oh just off the north circular I was like this is just so close to home. <laughs> and like and I of you, you guys it. from north london I'm from northwest north
2: west yeah, yeah. okay um I liked the like the little colloquial terms the yas the, oh, like, I literally highlighted some things. So I was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. of course I'd say that. Do you and know what I mean? It,
3: and when, which one, which it girl was, was so it? Was it so Daphne sad. that's got the notebook that says um, about <laughs> Oh, that's about um, Yasmin. Yeah, Yasmin. Yasmin. She's so efficient Yasmin. Yeah. I love Yasmin. Yeah. Me too. That was hilarious. But then
2: I also quite like Daphne. I don't know. I like all of them. <laughs> yeah. They're really nice. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so. Else is my fave.
3: So we've got Oh My Gods here. Um, so let's have a bit of a rundown of the book. Um, Helen Thomas. Yep. She's moved in with her dad. Yep. Who is Who's Zeus, Zeus. Yep. Um, just, just, just throwing that out there Just in case you don't know Um, And then she has to deal with All her half siblings Who, who are, are Greek gods Greek
1: gods So
2: Aphrodite um, um Is her half sister Anyway Well I mean, not she's, a she's, she's a mess, mess. <laughs> yeah, She's, yeah. Like a, okay. she's a mess She's a mess She's a big woman And Eros Heros. Who is Aphrodite's son. Yep. Yeah, God of Love. God yep. of love. Um, and then we have my favourite, Athena, obviously. Yeah. Athena
3: came in from <laughs> her love. From love.
2: I mean I literally I wish it came <laughs> in. I was like, gang gang, that's me. Thank you very much. I've always loved Athena. Mm. Um Apollo. In, in Apollo, who's like, you know, a musician, you yeah know? He calls themselves DJ underscore Sonny. <laughs> literally See? like I
3: I like the creativity
2: there. (laughs) Constantly updating his SoundCloud and (laughs) his link out to anyone who will listen.
3: Yeah. Yeah, but I was going to ask, where did it come from? Like, where did did the whole idea to be, like, to use the Greek gods...
2: So I've always loved reading mythology. I think mm-hmm. it's something we study when we're like in year two, yeah. and it really sticks with you. And yeah. some of the school visits I've done, it's like year sevens and eights, and they're not doing Greek mythology on the and the curriculum, but they mm-hmm. still remember these stories and they're so well versed. Yeah. So I've always loved that, and I've always loved like um, teen diaries, like Adrian Mole, Princess Diaries, and yeah. um, the Confessions of Georgia Nicholson. Just <laughs> those like really angst filled, everything is cringy and awful. I hate yeah. my family, mm. my friends, the only one who understands me. Sort of stories. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I wanted to marry them in some way. Um, but I got the idea for the book when I was watching an old Rita Hayworth film called Down to Earth. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a musical. Um, it's not very good. I wouldn't recommend you seek it out. <laughs> but it, Rita Hayworth plays one of the nine Greek muses who lives in Olympus. And she mm-hmm. sees that a Broadway producer in New York is mm-hmm. doing a musical about the Greek gods. Mm-hmm. But it's very denigrating and not befitting their status, so she thinks. Mm-hmm. So the other muses persuade her to go down to earth in the form of a human audition for the show because she's an incredible dancer it's a muse of dance and sort it all out and she yeah. ends up falling in love with the Broadway producer and they all live happily ever after so I'm definitely watching this what do you mean you've sold it so well <laughs> <laughs> it's just not one of those enduring classics of the okay. time but the music's good and Rita Hayworth is always fun to watch yeah mm. um, and I just got this idea of like oh gods on earth and actually the idea of gods on earth isn't really new, not a like new Percy all, Jackson no. and yeah. like so many books that think about gods on earth but no one had ever done it with someone who looked like me or someone who lived in my mm. neighborhood yeah. or in the UK who reflected my environment like Helen is half Jamaican like me yeah she was 14 in the book um she lives in North London in Holloway which is where mm. I grew up yeah mm. so I was just writing the story for myself because I wanted to combine all these elements it's a story I wanted to read yeah, okay
3: That's amazing. Cool.
2: um how did you like go about starting because you said that you had this idea when you were like 20 yeah um how long did that process take? Yeah, it was sort of like four or five years of starting and stopping because doing a book seemed impossible. Yeah. It seemed like insurmountable. Um, but then I went on a course, a course I've spoken about quite a lot actually. Um, it's an amazing course called Write Like a Girl, girl spelt like G-R-R-L. And um, I did that when I was 25, 26. Mm. And mm. it was all about helping women writers to establish not only a writing routine where you write regularly, but also mm. get over... The fear that stopped you from sitting down and writing, and mm. once I realised that it was fear that was stopping me from sitting down and writing, it was fear of failure, um, and I got over that and started writing fifteen minutes a day. That built up, and then before I knew it, I had a manuscript. It wasn't that easy? It was, yeah. I'm just skipping it over,
3: <laughs> but... skipping over the rough bits. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Uh-huh. It's like giving birth. I don't remember the horrible editing. I've just got my book baby now, and yeah. I can't wait to do it again. But mm. how? Which one? Well, like, in terms of the characters in this book, I have a few faves, mm-hmm. but. Who has your heart? Who tugs at you? Oh, well, Helen definitely has my heart. She's like my younger sister. Yeah. Um, in terms of writing it, Aphrodite was definitely the most fun to write because I think villains are always the most fun to write. Yeah, um, yeah. She's not quite yeah, a villain, yeah, yeah, but exactly, just, but she is awful. She's an op. She was, she's an she's op an in, the whole, <laughs> th- in the
3: whole thing. Just constantly blocking greatness, blocking problems. Like, <laughs>
2: I like Eros, and I think that the way you wrote Eros was yeah. so well because oh, you. when... Um, he came on and you remember there was that party of course you remember you wrote it um <laughs> but there was this party that you know helen threw and there was a moment where you said oh you know eros is in the corner and um he's talking to a few girls mm-hmm. and it was kind of like in passing because helen was looking for somebody or maybe she was on her way out yeah. but she kind of looked to the side to see what eros was doing mm-hmm. and then eros said something like oh what did he say he said something like you know if If the effort is the same, then the attention will be the same. And then the girl on the side was like Oh, "Oh, I I can't remember. It was some basic Pinterest. (laughs) It was (laughs) a stupid line, but it was so amazing and I really loved it and I saw it as a film because I was like, this is like a Percy, like, this could be another Percy Jackson type I, film. Um, I think a TV series would be amazing. Do you that think? would make my life. Yeah. yeah like, no, I saw yeah, that. I be, saw that. I, literally, I saw it in my head a party happening. She turns around, the camera just turns to Eros. He's saying this one line. The girls are swooning around him, and then he, she just moves yeah, forward. Yeah, he's doing Agony Aunt. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that is such an amazing moment. Yeah. And he actually made me calm. Like, when I was reading it, I was like, oh.
3: Yeah, you see, I mean, like it's it's got (laughs) what it is. It's got those like I was saying this like before we started recording, but you know, two things. Everybody has a family member which is similar to all of these family members. Yeah, I mean, they are just as dysfunctional as any typical large family. And um, just the fact that they're guys doesn't make them any different. That anything is anything's changed. Like you've got them bringing up personal history. You've got yeah. them bringing <laughs> up like problems. Yeah. You know, there's that bit where they're talking about the Trojan War. Oh yeah, like, and the apple. And, and they're like, and they're like, well, you don't <laughs> yeah, know about what petty, happened in Paris. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like, so they're they're petty and they're all these different things. But you and you have that with, with a big family yeah. over Christmas dinner or yeah. whatever, a big festival, and yeah and that's what, that's what makes it so relatable and yeah. so like oh i can see mm-hmm. my i can see that cousin i hate there and Just, you know when we had beef when we were seven because <laughs> they stole my action man and he threw it out of the window and he watched it for, and yeah. they told me that the parachute would work all this stuff i'm yeah, yeah but like it's good
2: i think one thing that you dealt with in this book quite well is the idea of grief and mm. loss especially with the fact that helen is always writing these letters to yeah um her mum. yeah um what kind of was the reason behind having that trope following the narrative yeah um so originally the book was a diary for a long time mm-hmm. and the diary part of the diary were the letters she wrote to her mom just yeah. as a way to keep in touch and then um during the editorial process we decided to change it from a diary to like a standard first person mm-hmm. past tense sort of novel oh, okay but i still wanted to keep this connection in and mm-hmm. i put one letter in at the front and then when i went um, on submission, my editors were like, we really like these. Can you do them all the way through? Mm. Um, so it just sort of happened and developed. I'd, I wanted to make sure that she wasn't completely alone and that you mm. saw a side of Helen that you didn't see when she was with her crazy family. Her family. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. it felt like almost in those letters she had a voice. Because mm. yeah. being in a house full of gods, it was quite chaotic. She kind of was having a hard time she trying to find her. Yeah. yeah, trying to find her place. She doesn't have these powers. She's constantly finding out new things about her family yeah. that she doesn't know. And yeah. it's like these letters provided a... Maybe a safe like space a for her. A yeah, Talk, yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Which her grandma does as well, but her grandma doesn't live in London, so yeah. she only gets that over Christmas and school holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there yeah. were moments where you touched on like just just the idea of loss, like little bits where it's like, you know, when the horn is it the horn of plenty
1: yeah <laughs> it yeah.
2: comes out and and the
3: food just contemporizing all yeah. of the ancient stories yeah and was and like, that's oh, what, that was really fun yeah. for me because, to because um, I don't know whether because I know you've been doing like a huge press run and mm-hmm. like you know you've been going into schools and talking yeah. to them how was it like explaining to them because you know making them aware of Greek mythology but in a way that they could relate to and like that so
2: I thought I would have to go in and have to do basics like Zeus is a god and yeah. he is a symbolized by lightning but they know all of this stuff and at the start of every session I do I ask the students to like put your hand up tell me three facts about greek mythology and mm. they're telling me about titans they're telling me about them um, the golden apple and the trojan horse yeah. they're telling me about all the minor gods they are so clued up yeah. because they still have cultural references mm. like percy jackson they still love Percy yeah, Jackson true. and it, greek reference uh, greek references all around us yeah um so i don't have to educate them really they're, they're really passionate and interested and i think um whenever i go into the school they haven't yet read the books so i don't really talk about the book too much mm. yeah but they are excited to see those references in something that they can recognise. Yeah. Isn't just a dusty myth from the past it's <laughs> in their homes and in their cities and streets. Yeah, mm, 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 mm. That's nice. they've been really fun. I love yeah. school visits.
3: Yeah. Did you have any like personal experiences like with, that, that you brought into the book, like with regards to family stuff or? Um, I can.
2: have a big family. Yeah. Um, I've got I'm the oldest of four. Five girls, yeah. um, I've got four younger sisters. Um, okay. Obviously, like I'm Jamaican as well, mm. so I've got lots of my Jamaican grandmas, very different to Grandma Thomas. <laughs> um, but there are references you can put in there, like the food and. Mm. Um, so when, she, when
3: she asked for curry goat from the horn of plenty I was like I was like version. mum's version yeah she said that I was like this thing was so can't nice. just come from anybody's hands <laughs> sorry go on <laughs> <laughs> um
2: yeah and just like like the location Holloway it's where I grew up um <clears throat> I guess that's it really I think I really wanted to there are parts of me in every character in the book um but Helen, really, I wanted to make her her own person. I don't want to try and glean too much from my own life in order to make a character. Because yeah. I feel like I'll eventually run out of material and I mm. want to be in this for the long run. Yeah. Yeah. How was it to have such obviously diverse voices and characters in it? Because it's almost seemed like your, your typical. In a city school. Yeah, it's my friendship group. So yeah. the friendship group that Helen has is one girl's white British, yeah. one is Ghanaian and one is Turkish. Yeah. And that was my friendship group growing up when I lived in London. Yeah. Um so I asked my Turkish Cypriot friend to maybe like look at the some of the words I use for Nor, who's the Turkish yeah. friend. Um but it felt very natural to me and it felt much more natural to me to write that than to write a character, a set of characters where everyone was the same, mm-hmm. because that is what I grew up with. Yeah. So, how are you going to. I mean, I guess this is your first novel and it's has a lot of like personal stuff and yeah. uh, your own personal experiences. Moving forward now, <laughs> <laughs> how are you going to. Is it that do you think you're going to be writing what you know or venturing out into other sort of areas that you're not so you just don't know as in just characters that you may not be well versed in in yeah. terms of their experiences. How are you going to exactly? I think a bit those? of both. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to keep writing about London because I don't think I'm done with London. I think yeah. it provides the most fascinating backdrop and you can just put in all these different characters. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I also want to challenge myself not only with like characters, with different backgrounds, but also genres mm-hmm. that um might not be, the same as what I've written. So yeah. I've done this first-person novel. Maybe I'll do like a third-person novel, or mm. time travel novel, Ooh. or a novella, or there are other ways in which you can challenge. I want to keep challenging myself. Yeah. We, love I think, yeah. we, lo- we love a time travel. Yeah, <laughs> oh, an we love a time yeah. travel. Oh, do you? think love a time travel. continue. Yeah, I think the that's, themes that's will that's remain the same. Look. Yeah, like yeah. I, I always like writing about identity, family, race, yeah, um, things like that. Yeah, like I'll always continue to write about those things. Yeah. Mm. Um, just the format of the novel might change. Yeah. Oh, you heard okay. it here, guys. What were... If it's a time travel book, I'm all up in it. You heard so it here. It. You know. Yeah.
3: Um, I was going to ask actually. You know what? Uh, as a new writer, yeah. What was the publishing process like for you? Like, what was the, like? You know, a lot of people experience various road humps in trying to like, you know. Navigate that Mm. space, and what was it like for you? What were the challenges? What were the the great bits?
2: Yeah, really good question. I feel like I was really lucky because my editors were incredible, and I never, when I got the you know the editorial notes after I signed to Scholastic, they would always ask, "Are you okay with these this feedback? Are you okay with this Mm -hmm. these changes? Because there are quite a few big changes." And I was always happy in that 99% of the changes they suggested, not only did I agree with, but they elevated the novel even further. Mm-hmm. And they elevated the novel further because my editors really got what I was trying to achieve with the story. Yeah. Um. So I feel like I was really lucky with my editorial process. Um, it was really... I wouldn't say it was fun, because obviously <laughs> trying to take a novel one in one direction um, based on editorial notes is really, really hard. Yeah. Was the Helen that you started off with, the Helen that we see in this book in essence yes yeah. and i think the editorial process just helped to make her more pronounced mm-hmm. um just helped to draw out her elements and make her more defined rather yeah. than changing her completely yeah i know some writers have had that problem and i don't know what i would do if i signed to a publisher and they took the book and said okay well we need it to do x y and z um so i feel really lucky yeah
3: cool nice. what tips do you have for people who want to write and want to write your YA in particular? Cause yeah yeah what would you like to have heard or known
2: what would i have liked to have known i think um ignore the markets don't worry about what is the bestseller now don't yeah. worry about what genres are top yeah. don't worry about what is topping the bestseller charts because mm-hmm. you have to write what you want to read yourself yeah um publishers and trends are fickle and they could change by the time you finish your manuscript. So don't ever write for trends just carry on doing what you're doing. Yeah um And then for writing in general, just if you're not sitting down and writing, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. You have to, I, that is the most important thing. If you're mm-hmm. not sitting down and writing, then nothing will happen. And yeah. if you can't write, then write about why you can't write. But as long as you're sitting down and making time for it and making that time and place sacred, whether it's for me, it was I set my alarm an hour earlier and woke up early in the morning before I went to work because I worked full time. Yeah. Some people do it on the weekend. Some people do it on their lunch breaks. Um, but you need to make that time and yeah. you need to sit down and bring yourself to it. Nice. And what do you want a young girl, I guess, reading this book to come out thinking or feeling? I Oh, that's such a great question. I would like her to feel that it's okay for her to use her voice and it's okay for her that love comes in other places that love and friendship may not always come from friends, Mm -hmm. love may not always come from a partner. Yeah, um, you can carve out these spaces wherever you go. Yeah, I did Mm. think the love between the friendship group was nice. Yeah, I think that's the main love. So welcoming. because like she walked into school and she was so nervous, her hands were clammy, and they just hit it off completely. Yeah, Mm. I did like. Who was it? Was it Yasmin that after um Marco sent the first (laughs) that email Marco and then. That first kiss was nice, though. When when Marco sent the email and then, I don't know if it was Yasmin or not, who said, well, this boy definitely knows his way around a keyboard. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's so nice. Yeah. I think he's a bit too charming for his own good. That's true. It's funny, like, no one really likes Marco that much. Really? (laughs) I think... My boyfriend hates him. (laughs) Hates him, like, swears under his breath while he's reading. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, just Marco, doing my head in. (laughs) Marco, you know he's Marco. trying a thing yeah Marco, he's trying to flex Marco did, his, did his business but also email that's a bit weird here's yeah. my email <laughs> yeah it is a bit weird yeah, yeah. Mm. all right guys any other questions
3: you have no i don't but actually but guys just make sure you go going to pick up the book it's it's an amazing read it's, it's so an and I. different it challenges you in so many yeah. different ways just to kind of rethink the it's, way that we kind of approach it's very inner city
2: london it's very now mixed with like old and i think the relationship between like zeus and helen is quite nice distant at first but mm. yeah yeah distant at first but it comes together and he's not good at this father thing at Definitely, first. Yeah, he's not I mean, got a good track record yeah. no, no definitely he's just not. like
3: you know he just just bear the, just yeah, like, give, give, the the like... <laughs> <laughs> give the people the children give the people the children falls <laughs> in
2: love in two days like yeah. what are you doing this is why he has so, so many, many kids. babies so many kids. Um... question actually <laughs> oh god
3: what's hercules half god he was half wasn't he? Or was he full?
2: Um, actually, he was full-god. Oh, I think oh. he was full-god. Yeah, and yeah. then, he remember, um, he got put down to Earth. His powers were stripped oh, because yeah. something happened. Oh, I forgot what happened. But, yeah, he was given to adopt. I to to parents. I think Hera was made jealous in some versions of the story. Yeah. So he grew up as a mortal, yeah, essentially. But yeah. he was, like, half-mortal in terms of his powers because yeah. he wasn't completely immortal. Yeah, immortal. yeah but right. he was definitely full-god. Mm. Definitely think, yeah. Interesting. Um, okay, oh, I like... I like Hercules. Love they the should do a, I loved yeah. that film so yeah. much. Ta-da, ta-da. We are the muses, ta-da, goddesses ta-da, of the ta-da, arts, ta-da. and protectors of heroes. Oh yeah, heroes like Hercules. <laughs> just, Honey, you mean Hercules? <laughs> they, they, they just threw that gospel spin. <laughs> like <to mix> <laughs> like they just my threw my that favorite. gospel spin right on this too Listen. I just listened to the we soundtrack. You the glad and gladiator
3: Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, woo. They're my favorite. last they song. are my favorite.
2: Take I me to the church. Say I'm in love. <laughs> I listened to that song and I just stopped crying. Oh, it's no, a great soundtrack. Uh, and also literally. Megara, I think, is a really great heroine. Like she doesn't take any shit. I she, love yeah. her. She's literally yeah. almost anti-hero in a way. Yeah, yeah. She's she's Anti-heroine. Yeah, because she was a bad bitch. You know, she, she was out here. Like, she was just
3: cast out in it. She was just out here just living by herself. <laughs> and then this guy just came and skidded out of her life, and now.
0: Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by
3: changing colors, saving you money, and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health,
2: Can you imagine looking
3: at that? <laughs> looking for the money. Like. Yeah, anyway, yeah.
2: no way I won't say it. No, no, you swoon, you sigh, why deny it? Uh It's too cliche. I won't say I'm in love. Mm, 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 mm. I can't sing, otherwise I'd definitely join you guys. But no one needs to hear anything. No. Um Yeah,
1: All we're right.
2: a bit mad in it. Well, thanks but so much for that. Yeah. Alex.
3: Alrighty. So mostly flicks. Um, what are we? Are so, you? Are you guys watching anything?
2: So I didn't watch what you watched. Okay. Let's, so let's.
3: That's fine, that's yeah. cool. We can but talk about it. No, 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 no. But what are you, what are you watching? <laughs> Have you been watching anything st- this week? I'm
2: watching Timeless. You're no, still watching Timeless? Still watching Timeless. Absolutely oh, it's love. on my list. It's yeah. so good. Alex recommended it to me. Um, I'm obsessed. I watch it in my lunch breaks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, I'll add it. And definitely go, like, definitely watch it. Because, mm. you know, now, you know, mostly lit. And Alex is not writing a book about time travel. <laughs> oh <my>. Listen, yeah. <laughs> and he's writing a book about time travel i'm just gonna put it on her and then she has to come back so why are
3: we not doing time jumping alex i know Can alex. just bounce through time please oh alex? my god <laughs> but yeah what are you watching
2: uh i know i'm about 50 years too late but i'm just got into drag race and watching season oh, 10 yeah cool. i've never yeah. watched it before it's really really fun lots of puns it's just easy and i just want something easy at the moment yeah a lot
3: of my friends said to watch it from season three Oh, okay, I started oh, was... from season 10. Oh, you started from season 10? Yeah. Oh, okay, so you just jumped right <laughs> yeah. at the back. Okay. Too
2: many episodes in a row it does hurt your eyes, though. It's so Too bright. bright. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. What is it? Is it like a... Sh- uh, like. America's Next Up model. But with drag queens. Oh, yeah. but it follows the same template. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I think Miley Cyrus is a judge this season. Or something. Yeah, it, there's a judge every, different judge every week. Um, oh, okay. But these, these artists are incredible. They have to be seamstresses, comedians, yeah. script writers, makeup artists, all in one. Like mm. they oh, wow. really, really are incredibly talented. Mm. Oh, okay. How about you, Alex? What are you watching?
3: Um, what am I watching? What am I watching? I just started watching um, The Umbrella Academy. On oh, yeah. Netflix, uh, what, yesterday, what like that? yesterday. So, um, uh, a billionaire adopts seven children who were born on a random day in 1989 to women who have not had sex or were not pregnant, and they just became pregnant and they gave birth to these children. Wait, wait! Almost wait. dramatically, yes, you heard me correctly. Like Virgin Marys, Virgin Marys, but so they on had, speed. So, they had, so they had kids. They had kids without without being pregnant. I mean. They never had sex for example, they never had sex and then they were like oh now I'm pregnant oh here's nine months here's the child. it was like I'm wake up one day oh my god I'm pregnant. at 12 p.m their belly just expands oh. and they become pregnant and then thing but then this billionaire. Um, mm. He goes out. To, he goes out and buy like he takes them. He he comes. He he sources them out. The mothers out, basically. Mm. And he's like, oh, how much do you want for this one? I will I will buy them off you and I adopt them." Um, and he like not runs tests on them, but he kind of trains them because they, they they're a phenomenon sort of thing, and like they have special abilities.
2: You're really introduced in, to these amazing. Barring one, because
3: I get the, I get the email from Netflix, and they're like, "Oh, have you seen this new trailer going to come out on February 15th And I'm like. <laughs> this oh. Netflix knows me a bit, a bit too well a bit too well you know what I mean they're like oh, yeah hey, that Alex. algorithm is Literally. accurate you know, they're like hey Alex how you doing between them and Spotify I have no idea I have no idea I I'm can like, just imagine the guy being like hey Alex how you
2: doing like, yeah um,
3: we see that you've been watching this are you going to finish it I'm just like no
2: okay so how about this show we think you like it please tell it to Ray yeah, on the show yeah there we go
3: see what I mean but um, but yeah so that's it. I'm watching that and I started watching this Canadian sci-fi film this sci-fi series um, it's called Continuum and um, it's set in twenty seventy seven. See it, this. all this time, ta- I don't know oh what I don't know what it is about time travel, but it's just drawing me in at the minute. you know but, I'm going to watch this yeah. is it on Netflix as well. Yeah, yeah, it's called Continuum. I think they've got four seasons. Um, twenty seventy seven. The like the world is run by corporations mm. even more so. More so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like twenty seventy seven, capitalism. Did, on you know, peak. did you know whenever whenever it goes so far in the twenty like in obviously in the year two thousands onwards, I'm like, would I be alive in twenty seventy seven? God willing i'll be there so hopefully this is, it's, like, it's like watching it's like when i watched um back to the future and yeah. they went to 2015 and you're like oh, and then we get to 2015 and i'm like
2: unimpressed. Still, we still have no we still have no hovering cars don't, yeah. you don't you lied to me <laughs> you, i
3: wanted to hover but anyway so continuum's good um yeah they sent it some people to trial and then they jumped back in time to 2012 and so they're dealing with the fact that they're from 2077 in 2012, mm. and they're like, so this you, is know, like timeless. you know, you know, that everything's just like basic to them because yeah. the technology is so far yeah. ahead. And so, really good show so far. Fantastic. Um, that's what I'm. And you be careful
2: with all these good shows. Cause I've got work to do. Yeah, you got <laughs> work to do. You got work to
3: do. I watch it like really like once I'm done for the day, and I just yeah. need to like fall asleep or something. I just yeah. work them on. Um, but yeah. Next um, we got we've got an interview with Ray speaking to. To introduce the, it?
2: um yeah guys, so I went and interviewed the incredible Matthew Croak and Jade Owen, who play Jasmine and Aladdin respectively at the West End um in the huge Aladdin production. It was such an amazing time, list um talking to them. Mm-hmm. Jade like loves like. You'll find out anyway, but I, I, I was thinking about you actually when um me? I was me? talking to her. Yeah, you'll find out. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so I went to speak to them and it was incredibly fun. Make sure that you go and watch Aladdin. It's brilliant. There's loads of Aladdin remakes and we're here for it. So have, yeah, a, listen. have a listen. All right. Hello guys. hello. Um, thank you guys so much for talking to me today. I'm really excited because what I got told I got to I can interview you guys. I lost it.
1: <laughs> Mainly
2: because, right, and I think, like, I, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Jade today because... <laughs> oh Mainly because Jasmine was my princess. You know how you're young, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And have the
4: She princess. was absolutely Jade's princess as well. Yes. Really?
2: Yeah, oh, so yeah. this is fantastic, right? So <laughs> I was like, Jade, like... Jasmine was mine. <laughs> you know, I, I claimed her for everyone. But um, yeah, just like overall, how has the experience been? Um, like both of you uh, performing in the West End and and taking on the roles of Aladdin and Jasmine.
5: It's been incredible. Like yeah. the the process of auditioning. Like yeah. when you first hear about the the opportunity and the role. Anyway, it's mm-hmm. like. Just to be, just to be considered to be going into the room and yeah. to be seeing, you know, you're sitting in a waiting room full of like 20 other people that basically look like you. You know, it's oh, like, yeah, you think, you want to think I am special, but at the same time you think, gosh, oh, as if, like, yeah, as if I'm really gonna get this, you know? Yeah. So, I, th- I think Matt had a similar experience. Yeah. But When I when I found out when I got the phone call, I just, I remember I was sitting on the floor. I just got out the shower. My agent called. Yeah. And I was like, this is about to be either the best phone call of my life or the worst. Worst, Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I want to answer
1: this.
5: (laughs) I I really just took a few minutes. Yeah. Like, should I or shouldn't I? I? And I answered it and he's so cruel. He he basically told me, I'm so sorry, but you know, you did a great job, but basically they've gone in a different direction. You weren't quite what they were looking for, but you know, well done anyway. And I was like, it's okay. I'm okay with that. Because I didn't dare let myself dream that I could actually do it. (sighs) So I was like, that's fine. And then it was silent.
2: Oh. And then he's like, I'm joking. Oh. You?
5: And I just cried. I just mm. sat there on the floor and my towel cried yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, I'll call you back later. Yeah. Okay? Oh, and then, phenomenal. yeah, it's just like the mad experience of going for all your fittings and... <sighs> You know, uh, seeing yourself as a Disney princess for the yeah. first—I mean, it's like you said—you know—for me, Jasmine was like I loved all the Disney princesses, yeah. but she was the first one that came along. Yeah. And I was like, wow, she really looks a bit like me and yeah. my sister. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, and and I loved her strength and she's so sassy she's and feminist, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. And she is amazing. And She's like, I don't need any man. I don't need a prince, yeah. actually, because most of the time the princesses were all about finding the prince to make mm-hmm. them happy. Yeah. So I just always found her really inspirational from yeah. such a young age. And then there I was looking at myself, like in my turquoise and the tiara. And all of a sudden I'm singing A Whole New World with Matt. And I'm like, how did this happen? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, how thank about, you. How about you, Matt? How was it? like when did
2: you get that phone call that you've got it
4: yeah well for me i was i was trying my best to kind of make a make a change in my career Mm. for the last 10 11 years i've been in lots of different West End shows which have been amazing yeah but i was at that point of my life career that i wanted to kind of stop being in the ensemble and understood it in these amazing roles and have Mm. a role for myself yeah so when my uh, so i i it was the start of 2017 and then it was the first job that I'd ever gone to, to walk into a room to yeah. be seen for the role, yeah. as opposed to being seen first and then they kind of tell you what you're kind of right for and mm. then maybe some understudy in scripts and things like that. Yeah. And um, I got that call and and I'd also uh, the day before been auditioning for another another show, um, for a role that I'd always had my eye on and yeah. I always wanted to play. It wasn't anything like Aladdin. Yeah. But it was a, a great role that I uh, that I could imagine myself doing. And my agent called and said that I'd got that. But I was I was expecting a call. Um, uh, to hear about Aladdin, either way. Yeah. And um, but and this other audition had been, you know, I've been waiting for a few weeks and they said, um, but we're going to have to turn it down. And I was like, why?
1: <laughs> no. Because I was
4: like, oh my God, I've got yeah. the first role of ever. You know, yeah. that's amazing. And I was so happy to hear that I'd been offered a part in a show and um, we're going to have to turn it down. And I just said, but why? because you've been offered Aladdin in the Western. And I was like, I'm gonna have to call you back. Like, this is too much. And I was with my sister at the time on yeah. the way to Sheffield because I, um, I, I was going to um, teach at our school that we have mm-hmm. in Sheffield together. And I got her around the neck, like hugging her, but it was so tight. It was like, I'd got her in and like this, this, this <laughs> headlock. headlock. Um, and she's like, let go. And I was like, I'm gonna have to call you back. So I, I was just so excited outside King's Cross. People must've thought I was a madman. <laughs> oh, um, that is so that was, re- that was really cool. Cause I was, I, I was so happy about the first job yeah. and, then that, and then I had to turn it down. It was cra- crazy.
2: <laughs> um, but in general, like you, you seem to be having such a great time. What has been, I guess, the hardest thing
5: about this experience? All the things that has challenged you in a way that that is quite unexpected. I would say because um, I this is now my third year in mm. Aladdin. So from opening night to now, mm. you go on such a journey with the text and the script. And even though you say the same lines every single yeah. night, you you kind of have these. A peaks and troughs, I guess, because you go from in the beginning having so much adrenaline and the material being fresh and new that mm. you're just like flying about the place and it's amazing. And then you get comfortable, which is a nice place to be because then you're not panicking about what you're going to say mm. next. But then you go beyond that where you know it inside out. It's like autopilot, and then the yeah. smallest of things could happen. Like somebody could just cough in the audience in a slightly different place to where yeah. you're used to, and it can completely throw you. Yeah. And you're like. <gasps> What's my line? And there's some moments where the lines are just coming out of my mouth and I and my head saying, you don't know what you're about to say, but it's happening. <sighs> yeah. And it's not for lack of focus because you're more focused than ever, but it's just so difficult to keep yourself totally, totally present as if you're saying these lines for the first time mm. ever. And I found that that's really helped me actually as, a, as an actress and a performer mm. to really like dig deep. It's one thing to sort of do a run for like a few months, but when yeah. you're in your third year... you know it it really tests you but I think I think it's it's helped me evolve as an actress actually You, Mm. you always find new things every night the performances are different because if you really do do you know, hopefully, my job to the best of my ability. You respond naturally to whatever your partner gives yeah. you. You shouldn't. It shouldn't ever be a case of mm. I always say the lines exactly the same. It, it, if yeah, Matt's in yeah, a different was... mood, yeah, he might say his line slightly. Definitely. Yeah, so then my response is going to be different because yeah. that's just how you communicate in, in everyday life. But yeah, it's it's a challenge, yeah. but a great one. Yeah. And um, I think yeah, it's it's been for the best for both of us. I've noticed it with Matt as well. Yeah. Like. I think from the, from when you first started to now as well, like some days we're feeling more tired so that maybe we're a bit slower or we go the opposite way actually. When we're really tired, we pick up the pace because yeah. we know we've got to keep driving it yeah. forward. Um, but yeah, there are moments as well where it's amazing. I've noticed this too where I don't have to say anything to Matt yeah. because we can't communicate on stage mm. if something happens, you know, like out of the norm. Yeah. So you're saying like a million things with your eyes, your eyes. to the other person. Like look left. Like, yeah, <laughs> Just, Pick up on my brainwaves right now, mm-hmm. and um, it makes you really in tune. Yeah, you know, and I think those are really nice yeah. to develop. Yeah, because then
4: when you get backstage, and you say, were, was... you, "Were you thinking this?" And he's like, "Yes, and yeah. like, I knew it."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew it. Because
4: actually, you know, it's been it it's been absolutely incredible. And working with people like Jade for me is just I've learned so much from all the cast. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's one of them things that is is just amazing when you're on stage every single day yeah. doing the same thing just to work with people like Jade because we don't actually manage sometimes to have to speak that much before the show because mm. we're, we're, we're on our own paths in, the, in backstage you know yeah. we've got to get ready the, the, the amazing backstage team that we have yeah. like concentrate on getting us ready for the show mm-hmm. we obviously always kind of touch base with each other but then actually it's, it's, it's what it's how we communicate through our eyes and our minds because we say the same things every yeah. every day um, yeah. because it's of the script. Yeah. So it's, I, I've noticed that as well. It's actually really fun. So it yeah. kind of like, guess, guess what it is? And we always get it right. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> true.
2: <laughs> what has been like the thing for you that has thrown you up, has been a bit challenging or um, that was also unexpected um, when you stepped into the role?
4: I've got to say, even there are, there are days when maybe you think, oh, it's a, it's a Friday evening show and you've done six already or something like that mm-hmm. and you're on your way and you you do everything that you can to to mentally and physically get ready for the show mm-hmm. and even if you're feeling slightly sluggish or anything like that as soon as the show starts it's, it goes yeah because it is such an incredible show to yeah. be part of and mm-hmm. it's a dream show for for me and I know that it is for everybody and and as soon as you hear that orchestra start um the overture yeah for me i I just feel that 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 adrenaline and buzz going through my body. I just think this is I, where you should I'm be, the luckiest yeah. guy in the world, and I just, I just, I just don't ever really find it. As soon as it sh- starts, yeah. the struggle is, is kind of gone, yeah. and even probably most shows beforehand, yeah. like, it's not even there anyway
2: that's phenomenal all right big question big question how does the magic carpet work hmm. all right i know I, I, I even went on youtube really and i was like I, there was like this little uh, cameo saying um is it magnets and they were started they tried to I show know, it i know the theories are amazing i know and i i don't know if you guys you're not allowed to tell me are you well, all I
4: know is that I meet a guy and he's called the genie and he they, comes out uh, of a lamp and he uh, has magical powers and he puts me on a carpet with Princess Jasmine and I, we have the I, best I see, time That's all I know. I what are trying to do. That's all we know. Yeah, okay. All right.
2: Well, I tried. I tried for the listeners. <laughs> I really tried. But guys, go out and watch it. Um, we do a, a literature podcast and the main thing that we always ask people is, um, what is the book that um, inspired them? or the piece of literary text, or what are you reading currently that has really inspired you and made you, I guess, the person that you are that has enabled you to step into any roles, I guess, um, especially this one. So, Jade, what is the book for you?
5: So, I um, am... This is going to get quite deep, so I'm (laughs) just Okay. Um, I found an author called James van Prague, mm. and I stumbled across him and He is somebody that's um a medium and and deals in like all the kind of psychic i guess more supernatural stuff mm-hmm. i had i've throughout my life I've kind of always had unexplainable things that have happened. My dad's blind um he would often have dreams and almost like premonitions and things that would happen and then they'd end up coming true mm. and I, and i i was very fearful of that stuff it freaked me out cuz yeah. i just couldn't process it um and i kind of had like an out of body experience cool. <laughs> uh and I, I didn't understand what happened. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to research this whole thing. I'd spoken to my dad about it. And he had said to me he, he often had similar things. And, for, you know, for my family, my, my sister and my mum and my brother just think I'm mental. They call me a, a hippie and a crystal basher because I love oh. crystals. So, and I like my incense. Yeah. <laughs> crystal basher? Yeah. Like, this is like, oh, you're a crystal basher. like, shut up, Sheree. So, you know, my only way of trying to find out more about the topic hmm. was me researching. And I started. But across this this author called James Van Praag, mm-hmm. and I ha- I don't know I, I even feel like my connection to Aladdin has been one that's quite like spiritual supernatural because I was told years ago mm. before I was even in musical theatre that I would be singing a song which would be quite high up, and she said to me um, I would be it's quite a spiritual song. But she said you'll be with someone you'll be perfectly safe, but you'll be coming down really slowly, and there'll be a moon behind you. And I told Matt about this because I didn't realise until way into the run yeah. that it was this show because one day this this kind of the way that the the carpet and everything is timed, mm. we never see what's behind us. We're always looking out front. Yeah. But I must have just like timed it slightly differently and I caught a glimpse of the moon behind me and I was like, oh, This is the moment that she that was talking really about. Have... Yeah. yeah. And so I, I started reading this guy's books, James Van Prague and I mean, I don't know, I think it's all about learning to raise your vibration and to, to be a positive person and mm. I guess that in terms of the way, I, I, I'm sure we all have everybody does, but there have been some massive tests and, and obstacles in my life and plenty of times where I feel like I absolutely couldn't get back up yeah and it, and that book really really helped me think okay yeah i just got to approach it differently this yeah. is like a game mm. and it's like completing levels this is how i kind of see that <laughs> and i just have to figure out what to do to get through to that level, level yeah. yeah and it's something that now it sort of runs through every part every aspect of my life and and i then re- went on to reading all of his books in the whole series yeah, yeah. yeah. And i think it's amazing so wow. i would say he's my biggest inspiration yeah Wow. That's <laughs> so I, love I know.
2: That. I'm to, like. I'm like that day, I know. Right? I was like, how do I condense this? I'm I'm like, it's it's and I remember
4: it actually, because I I was lucky enough to um, Jade had already met the amazing Alan Menken previous, yeah. and I came into the show slightly later, so then I had the job, the opportunity as yeah. well. And she said, when you meet him, can you just ask him if there's anything um, behind the song, A Whole New World, other yeah. than Aladdin and Jasmine yeah. falling in love, and you know, and um, just because it, it always stays in your mind, doesn't it? That, yeah. This, this, time when she realised the moon is obviously up high and she's going to be on stage up high and singing and, you know, dream job or whatever it was, you know. And he was like, yes, yes, there is.
5: yeah Were
2: you told that by, like, a
5: fortune teller? Yeah, yeah. uh, which is so funny as well because in the show there is a fortune teller and there's even a line that Matt said and I remember seeing it in the script and it says, um, Egyptian jade fit for a princess. And I remember seeing that before I went into the audition and I was like... I feel like this is a sign, like and then my lucky number has always been thirteen. It's always yeah. been very powerful for me. Oh, that's and a weird lucky
2: number. <laughs> I know, but yeah. it, it
5: really it really is. And and a whole new world is number thirteen in yeah. the score. And every time I auditioned for Aladdin, it was either on the thirteenth or at one o'clock thirteen. Yeah. So I was just like, there's something here that's like Saying to me, this is for you, you know? This is insane. I know, I know. My mind is blown. And I think this is why, you know, I I said to Matt, like, I always get goosebumps when we take off on the carpet. Like, it's the one thing that really I'm like, I can't, I just can't believe it. It's like, I I don't know. I like, I like thinking that there's a plan for us all. It gives me comfort to know that, you know, I can overthink stuff and I'm trying to be in control, but actually there's um it's gonna be okay everyone's Mm. gonna be fine because there's already a plan in the end so you just have to like enjoy the journey yeah how about you Mel? what's what's your book that what's the book for you
4: you know what i'm not um i'm i'm a a bad book reader i've got to say Um, in all honesty i i have the all the right intentions and and i've picked up so many books and and i've just put them down but one um but the one thing I I do agree with Jade is that I'm, I'm I am really interested in uh, the kind of books that that help us performers because mm. especially for me, as I mentioned, being in the ensemble for such a long time, which was great. Mm. I knew that I had it in me to to go further, and I knew that I needed that push and I needed that belief. Mm-hmm. And um, my amazing wife. Always pointed me in the right direction to read books like that, and yeah. and books that help you visualize things and put it out there and believe and help you believe in yourself. And yeah. and I and I did um, go through a number of books auditioning for Aladdin, and I just remember walking down the street and just putting my headphones in and going to these auditions mm-hmm. and really imagining myself on stage and visual, visualizing everything. Even listening to songs like Million Miles Away and the End of Act One, mm-hmm. literally like all the time and these this was material that I wasn't yeah. asked to learn for the show I just put it on 24/7 and and pictured myself doing it and mm. Nicola my wife goes it works doesn't it so <laughs> uh, I'm really into uh, into yeah. them kind of books as yeah. well although on holiday I do love like a just a good Like
2: a nice trash girl on beach a train snow. you know <laughs> yes. kind
4: of get really into yeah. something like that yeah fantastic
2: yeah. okay before we wrap up we've got like budding um young people who want to get into theater and acting what would be the one advice that you would Give them um, to be on their way.
5: I think to use rejection as something that strengthens you and mm. and makes you a better performer. Yeah, it's so easy to to flip it the other way and be like, I'm not good enough, and to let it knock your confidence. Yeah. But there've been so many times where I've auditioned for roles and I thought I've been perfect for the role and then I don't get it and I can't understand. Yeah. I'm devastated. <laughs> and then equally, I'll go into a room and think, well, I'm not going to get this, and then I end up getting it. Yeah. So It's just about like just changing the mentality, the mindset to be a positive one, to know in reality that probably 80 percent of the auditions you go in for, you're not going to get anyway. Hmm. And that is the fact, you know, and unfortunately, because we're we're in entertainment, most of the time, even when you book a job, you get to the end of the job, you're unemployed again and you start all over again. So it's fine. Just keep enjoying the process. We're lucky that we are our own bosses. You know, we don't have to sit at a desk nine to five every day mm. um but just use it to fuel you and just keep learning and absorbing from other performers as yeah. well you can constantly be learning from other people yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. perfect how about you matt
4: absolutely i think just you're going to get a lot of knockbacks and, and mentally preparing yourself for that mm-hmm. but turning it into positive i mean I'm repeating what jay just said but just you have to be your number one believer yeah because there will be people that won't believe in you but there will be so that's why you have to do it yourself Mm -hmm. and just being strong enough and being able to willing you're willing to to learn and keep learning and and just if you if you don't believe in yourself it won't happen so always remember whatever happens you are good enough it's just waiting and being patient yeah Mm -hmm.
2: Thank you guys so much. Thank Thank you you so much. You guys have been wonderful. Thank you. And um, please go and listen to the podcast. It's called Mostly Lit. And wishing you all the best. And guys, please go and watch Aladdin. Because if you're not, what are you doing? Um, (laughs) (laughs) You've already failed. Come on, guys. Um, Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Catch you guys next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Fabulous. Um, So that was the interview. And hope you enjoyed. Make sure you go and see Aladdin. Mm. Obviously the Will Smith version is coming out so yeah, you're going to see that soon <laughs> make sure you do that make sure you do the that the blue genie but
3: yeah so if, I want to I wanna bring back to this Aladdin debate that okay. we were talking about the okay. conversation okay. at the beginning but what did you guys think of Aladdin in general like as a as a movie he's a,
2: he's a weak oh don't don't. so so <laughs> The movie.
3: Why? You, okay. oh,
2: I haven't seen it in a very long time. I, seen, I was um, trying to watch
3: it yesterday. But I? the
2: images oh. and the songs are still really vivid, mm. despite that. I um, actually didn't like the soundtrack that much. You didn't? I mean, yeah. I was six. What did I know about yeah, good soundtrack? Like, me, oh it was like, cause I listened to it and I to, I watched it again when I was a bit older and it doesn't match up to like Lion King, Lion King 2, Mulan, Hercules. Mm. It doesn't match up soundtrack wise. But I do think that Jasmine was pretty revolutionary mm. at that age to to have a young girl be like to have a young woman of color one
1: Mm.
2: um and then for me it was the first like glimpse of islam in a way Mm. because there was like mosques and stuff and when i was watching it i was watching it i was like oh my god like this is a part of me Mm. and that's why i really loved um jasmine and then when she like was like i don't want to marry i don't want to be forced to marry Mm. i want to find love and that I don't know why, as a child, I really connected with that. Yeah. Even though I wasn't going to ever be forced to marry, but I just was like, "Oh, like this young woman has a choice." So that's why, like for a long time, Jasmine was my yeah. favorite uh, Disney princess. I love
3: the fact that she had a tiger as a pet. Can you imagine? Can you imagine. Like, what was it? What was the tiger's name again? <sighs> Sh-
2: was it Shart? No, I don't know. Shara. I just remember. Prince Ali, the It's like one of my favourite songs. I think
3: it's like once once I watched the the trailer for the New Will Smith one, um, I'm trying to think, like, uh, questioning how close it's going to be to the cartoon. Because obviously, the Jungle Book was really intense yeah and
2: is this the one with Idris? yeah 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 th-
3: that was a really intense adaptation that was i and like although they had the same music yeah. they had the same they followed the same storyline but yeah. it was very dark it's very dark like when it, when when shia khan killed the, ooh, the wolf ooh. i was like
2: literally i was, like, <laughs> I, was I, don't, I don't remember this from the, the cartoon yeah the trailer sweat. did look yeah. intense
3: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But um, so this is what I'm. This is why this is the this is the one reason why I'm really like excited for these new live adaptations mm. of them because they're just going to be a lot stronger. And I, I don't know where they're Beyonce gonna.
2: Beyonce King is gonna be great, <laughs> personally. Yeah. Um, I
3: wonder what they're gonna add to it though.
2: They can't add anything new to it because even the trailer that we saw was it exactly looks like it's a frame for frame exactly remake. Exactly frame for frame make I mm. don't mind that per se because I really loved Lion King. Mm. So. The Beyonce King is gonna be great.
3: But you said you didn't like you weren't here for the the live remake. She's
2: not doing it. I she's just not, she's not here Yeah, for I'm just um I worry that we're just not getting I think it's I think it's a disservice to many film goers. Mm. Yeah. Like for example, Toy Story Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I laid Toy Story Three to bed. I cried. I wept real yeah. tears in that did cinema. You? Yeah. yeah. I, I I've never day. been in into Toy Story. Oh okay. no. I, thought it I was said this the other day. Since I was, one, I was like, this is boring. I was like, nah. Oh, they can't. I was like, was, someone's was like, are
3: you gonna watch Toy Story three, Four? And I was like, after what they did to me in Toy Story no, Three. What happened? Who died? Went, no No. <laughs>
2: No, it was it was a very beautiful, <laughs> fulfilling. <laughs> Alex said.
3: Who died, that, Andy? Is, is, <laughs> what is, kind of thing? He went to uni and he gave his toys away. So, as you do.
2: Yeah, but the toys, oh, sorry, almost, the to toys do you, almost died. Do you have toys? The
3: toys almost died.
2: How? I, I can't, can't remember. did they, what didn't had, they had, get had, a new owner? Like, didn't they go to nah, like, nah, a No, no, you have to shops? watch
3: it. I can't be out here spoiling yeah, yeah, anything because um, it's going to spoil the emotional moment. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but I think essentially he gave his toys to his sister and obviously his sister. Didn't want some of the toys as well, so they were good because they're growing up. Yeah, but it's that but with Toy Story, it's that whole leaving your childhood behind sort of thing, and what connects you to your childhood up until a point, and then obviously we've we've connected with these toys as living things. Yeah, so the toys now they're they're technically immortal until they break, right? Yeah. So if if humans are growing up and not passing the toys Uh. down to their children and whatnot, where do these toys go? Toy Story Three, preschool, now. You got, got some you got some wayward, Alex you so some, stressed. I'm st- I'm stressed got some way with stress 'cause a way with children who are like swinging these, these these toys around, throwing them this way, mm-hmm. that way, breaking them. So it kinda makes you think like again, like about, you know, what it takes to leave your leave your childhood behind. Yeah. For them to and most of our generation left it behind, at Toy Story yeah. Three. So yeah, why so why is Toy Story Four even being produced? Maybe he's, you know, understand.
2: got kids and he's found his toys. No, I
3: think it's a completely different storyline, separate one.
2: Yeah, it's lots of money, well, guaranteed.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. R.I.P. Andy and Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> um, so-, <laughs> um,
3: so, do you have the culture question?
2: Yeah, so we got a culture question, um, our new section, where you can write into us and ask us any question that you have, pertaining to arts, culture, music, film, theatre, books, all of it. And Just we- a
3: side note, um, as of next week, we're going to put it in the middle yeah. of the show, so it'll be after... Mostly After. Mostly
2: lit. lit. Um, so we got an email from Ellie Castelli who asked, When does art become art?
3: When does art become art?
2: Yes. Ooh. Right? Alex. Ooh. I don't know. What do you mean? Think. I'll ask me questions. I think it becomes <laughs> art when it's created with intent. Oh. So you think unintentional art is an art? What is unintentional art? So, for example, what if um a child there's mm-hmm. quite a few of these children will just get a painting and you know they'll just make mess mm-hmm. right mm. and then their parents will be like oh my god this is the next leonardo da vinci um <laughs> and <laughs> they will put them up on who decides um you know whether it's their walls or some people even you know rich folk they'll put it up in galleries because they can and what people... the work of a toddler work of a toddler and therefore <laughs> and people will stand there and look at it so is that art I think okay. from the time it perhaps goes into a gallery, if it, people are moved enough by it, mm-hmm. I would say that when I mean intent, it means like you want to express yourself and you've chosen this mo- this me- medium and this moment in time to express yourself. Mm. I think it becomes art. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. So I think what you said is quite pertinent. You said if people become moved by it. And that's yeah. how I think. Like for me, art is about impact
1: mm.
2: and how whatever it is that you're creating impacts people whether it's a small impact it could be just one person mm. who turns around and looks at something and something happens very small you can't even measure it yeah. and i think for me that is art and yeah it's something that has impact and it can be in various forms um so that's why i'm like could unintentional art be art? possibly because a lot of the Mm. Pieces that we have, but a bit it's, unintentional. But I guess it's, but I'm not sure. I guess
3: like, I mean, depends on what the art form is as, as well. Because I mean, like, a lot of these books are successful after, like, after that was their intentional, death, yeah, or after like how many years of them being published, mm. you know what I mean. Um, I guess it all depends on the audience at the time, does it not? I mean, like, for Leonardo, what's his name, Leonardo da Vinci, him, him, him doing the Sistine Chapel, he did the Sistine Chapel, right. I think it was he Michelangelo. Was... That's my Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Him, yeah. him, anyway. Him. One of them ones. With the artistic names. Him, yeah. So, obviously, would they have seen him doing that as art, or would they just say, oh, this is our decorator? Do you no. see what I mean? <laughs> do, you, do, do, do you see <laughs> what he, I mean? He
2: nearly went blind doing that. See so what I mean? That was very intentional, I think. Even as an intentional but also, thing. it was very. But that's a really good point, like, whether it's decoration or art. Yeah, Charles you can Dickens say. was
3: just writing them books because no one had TV but like if you look at it now like it's just he's been a very a huge part of the canon because it's because impacted. because they are impacted you know what i mean like they do they do have strong cultural relevance to this country etcetera yeah sorry so, et cetera. so
2: alex says something that is created with intention mm. i say something that has impact what do you say ah. audience <laughs>
3: audience maybe yeah Audience. time and i think that's really
2: interesting gotta think about the gatekeepers and who decides Mm. what is art and how that changes yeah even like looking at the literary canon that we have today people who will help herald up these you know works of writers who we i mean i would say some are rubbish but Mm. (laughs) um they're heralded up because there are these gatekeepers as you say um Hmm. do you think we currently think have any gatekeepers like currently Absolutely. in terms of our world that we exist in now? Not even that our world, but our
3: generation, I guess.
2: I would say our I don't know, the the black
3: Yeah, RT I guess I mean like realm. You have, you, I mean you have <laughs> the established black British canon, I guess. Mm. Um Who's and controlling
2: the black Black British canon now? Do you say? I don't think it's
3: not necessarily control. I think we're trying to we're trying to figure out what that is at the minute. I guess. Mm. I think yeah. People, I don't know because, the answer to that. You know what I mean, because after twenty after twenty or so years, like who knows where we're all going to be at and what kind of stories are going to yeah. be being told? You oh know my what gods mean? will
2: be real up there. Yeah. <laughs> guys, you know what I'm saying? So, like, <laughs> That's gross. but it's
3: a really interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Another one.
2: Okay, so we have another question and this is by lena waith side part um hey guys so i'm big on theater so what what book do you think would make and only work as brackets as opposed to film an amazing play do you mm. get to see a lot of theater what are the strengths and pitfalls of a story being told in each of the mediums Film written or theatre? Okay, this is like an essay question. Yeah. <laughs> I know. All right, so let's break it down. First <laughs> thing, what book do you think will make an amazing play? Ooh. I know. That's a really tricky one. What um, book would make an amazing play? I can play? think of plays I've seen that were really good books, mm. uh, like The um, Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime that translated okay. really well yeah. to the theatre. Did it? Yeah. That was yeah. a really good book. Trying I don't know, I was really i trying young.
3: to think. Um...
2: Oh my god, this is very hard. I'm just thinking. Of has things favorite. fall apart
3: been a play? I'm sure it has. I would have thought it yeah. has.
2: I haven't seen it, <laughs> um, Let me see. but do you think it will make a good theatre production? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see that. Yeah. yeah. It's been a, it's that been a play. that could be quite good. Has it been a play? Yeah, it's been a play. Yeah. What elements of a book do you think translate well into theatre?
3: I think it's the. Obviously, it's the story, but I think it's the more the live element mm. of it. Like you, you bring everything because I, I think it can just it can be transformed. I think it just it can be altered into yeah. a into I think easily easier into a stage play yeah. because um, yeah, like the, seeing the, the a play the, the, of yeah. the fishermen.
2: Yeah, um, I didn't think yeah. that would make a good Do, play. What, did you see it? Yeah, and it was a two man play, and it was two man. Yeah, it? two man. They played all the brothers. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. I never thought that would work like that, but it did because of the creativity of the playwright. Mm. I do think that a a book that is told in third person Mm. will make a good play because it's almost like there is an omniscient um, person looking in and that's who we are. A book that's written in first person might struggle, in my opinion, a little bit, only because... Or you miss all the internal yeah. dialogue that that's a happens, good point. yeah. So that's how I would Let's, look at it as. I think if it's a written in third person, it, maybe it's a bit easier to translate that into theatre mm. because it's almost like the audience is the narrator. You
3: know, you know what? I think it, I think it'd be easier to translate po- transform poems into plays. I think that's happened as well. Oh, okay. Did you know, for color, you know, for coloured girls who yeah. are something when the rainbow is for coloured girls who are struggling when the rainbow is not enough or something oh, along those lines. I can't remember the full title, yeah. but for *Color Girls, obviously that yeah. got made into a film, mm-hmm. but it was a play after the poem. Mm-hmm. It was like a long narrative poem. Yeah. Then it got made into a play. And I obviously no idea. Was yeah. I wonder if they've made yeah. the
2: Iliad or like Odysseus play. Yeah. Because that Didn't would it? work, because it's all oral. Didn't then, we, watch the, you know?
3: did we watch that once? Oh, like, the ha- opera. House, yeah, uh, the it opera, was made into the opera, the Odyssey, yeah. The Odyssey. Yeah. But yeah, I think poems are easier to be made into into plays and what I'm do sure. you
2: think what medium is in your opinion I think um, Lena Worth side parts <laughs> say, um, <laughs> um, do you get to see a lot of theatre
0: yeah, actually yeah.
2: quite a lot last year. I think there was so much. So yeah. I saw Misty, uh, which was yeah. brilliant, and Nine yeah. Night, which oh, was I saw that recently. outstanding. Nine Night's great, amazing. I cried. I, I, didn't I, I did. To. I cried so much. Yeah, I had no idea. I was like, what? Well, nine well. Nine yeah, Nine yeah. Night is so end. Jamaican. It's such it's such a Jamaican place. I want to take all my aunties and my mum to see yeah, it. My I know they my nine night.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, I remember crying at the end, and I was like, well, this is not what I expected. Yeah. So yeah, okay. So we're all quite. A good yeah, go, I guess and what are the strengths and pitfalls of a story being told in each of the mediums
3: again it's like what kind of what you said like when when a book is adapted into a film you miss the inner workings of the yeah. character's brain mm. sometimes though that closeness goes yeah on. Like, like I was kind of thinking about it with oh my gods and some things that she was thinking she would have to, if it was a TV show or a mm. film, she would have to declare. Like have a voiceover. Or you know what I mean? Have a voiceover would work, or yeah. should have to declare it into the conversation yeah. I do see, to like, make it yeah. clear of what she's thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I felt like that was something.
2: the diary, the letters would make a good voiceovers. Yeah. Like in the beginning of each episode yeah. maybe. We'd yeah. get like a letter. Yeah.
1: And they
3: help. I see, I
2: see it, it it's writes itself. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I see it. It's happening. It's,
1: so it's they, great. So they help.
3: But like those are the, I don't, I don't know whether I would call them pitfalls, but I would call... Like, you have to... It's their adaptations? Yeah. So they have to be adapted into... So I mean, a suitable way, We yeah. have a lot of shows, like, obviously, like, Umbrella Academy was a comic. Mm. So, oh. you know, when they're adapted into TV, it does help with the visuals mm-hmm. with regards to it being a comic, but then, obviously, you develop you it as the writing. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. If they, I wouldn't say there were pitfalls. I will just say that everything gets adapted. All what I,
2: I you? know is that the fifth Harry Potter film was rubbish in comparison to the book because the book... It, been. it was like a third of the book that went missing. Yeah. And I was a bit mm. like, what's going that on That was here? annoying. That
3: should have been in two parts. That should
2: have been in two parts.
3: <laughs> that should have been in two parts. <laughs> it's the longest me. book with the most content most that content. needed to be shared or else... Just...
2: Oh, you guys are still mad? <laughs> i literally yeah. like... Oh, I went to watch it. I was so disappointed. Honestly, Dumbledore's army was formed and it was much bigger than they... <sighs> Us. All right, well, thank you so much, um, <laughs> Rowling.
3: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> talking about Daniel Radcliffe, actually, he's in a new sh- he's in a new show. Have you seen the, the trailer? It's called Miracle Works, no. Miracle Workers, or something.
2: Doesn't he still look like Harry Potter? Yeah, the- like I mean, as he in, looks like him. I know, but like, and then he looks the he same. He still looks like when you look at the first Harry Potter and you look at the last one and you look at him now. He I'm looks like, like
3: Daniel Radcliffe, growing up.
2: You still look like yeah. The wind will blow and we'll see your mark.
3: You know oh, I mean? right. I like, see, I see, I still see. look
2: like a kid. Yeah. When I watched him in The Woman in Black. You watched I, that? Yeah, I watched that. When I watched that. I was so freaked out. I, I saw it in the theatre. Yeah, it was incredible. Really? It was so scary. I was literally like, wait, like you. You're I don't Harry do well Potter. in this situation. <laughs> I
3: don't
2: do well. You're Harry Potter. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Go back to Hogwarts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so thank you so much for your cultural questions. Looking forward to the next week ones please make sure that you write in email at mostlylit at com, DM us on Twitter at mostlylit find us on Instagram at mostlylit pod etc uh, etc et but et
3: cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I want to say thank you so much for Alex for coming
2: I know thank you Alex. so much for writing this incredible book thank you book. for having me um, um, where can they find you yeah oh yeah uh, Twitter um, Alex Shepard that's probably the best place yeah lovely yeah. make sure guys you grab oh my god it's out basically everywhere yep, yep everywhere <laughs> um, yep. give it to your kids your aunts. Your godkids. Your them and them there. Your grandkids. <laughs> yep. Your friends. Basically anyone over the age of 11. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and make sure, you know, you find the God in you. Yeah.
1: Um. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Shout out, man. Like, Athena still. Greatest God right. that ever lived. Uh, you know, it. Athena, sorry. You know, Get Athena off. was born out of... <laughs> Zeus's headache, yes, <laughs> and she's there to stress man. She was born from stressing man, oh, wow. and I feel like that is just perfect. <laughs> like she was born out of the stress of men. You know
3: when you say and it makes
2: me very happy to know that.
3: <laughs> you know when you say that she could use her powers to win the cases, but what was what is her what are her powers again? Uh,
2: strategy, war, oh, okay. wisdom, yeah, 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 mathematics, arts and crafts, justice, civilization. She's the goddess of. Hero oh, endeavor the, and stuff, and she's good as well, which is why she's, she's not good. in the story that much yeah. because you can't have anyone too good
3: yeah. Yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <All> right. Cool. <laughs> well, guys, remember that we are on Acast, so make sure you download and share that. Go into the app and subscribe in there as well. Yes. But we're on everywhere that you can find a podcast. I suppose. Yeah. um Twenty first of February. It's just not about the burka launch. Ray is sharing out details for that. Um, and yes, I will be at four in March. I will share the details out closer to the time. Um, What Oh, what else is there? Oh yeah, Twitter. Twitter, Instagram, oh. email address, email us. um, And write with you and share and share a like. And as Fabulous. I said at the beginning, tell your family. Tell your friends. Tell everybody with ears, yeah?
2: Bye guys, thank you so much for joining us. Alex, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having And fun. wishing you all the great success. Looking forward to your next novel and Hope you're enjoying the whole process. Thank you. I am um, yeah. Um I'll see you guys next week. Stay fly. Bye! Uh,
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen